is not a drill, right? This is not an exercise. This is something everybody needs to be awake to and think critically about. And these conversations that, that I've had, they, they can go off in all kinds of different directions, but the, the underlying point here is that the, the CBDC, the central bank digital coin, is coming in one way, shape or form. It's coming. Whether they, they roll it out just as an interbank payments network first, and then trickle it down into retail, who knows? Really, who knows? Whether they use it as a way for you to claim your social security payments, um, and that's the carrot that they're going to dangle for people to enter into their central bank digital currency scheme. Again, who knows? that They could do both of those very easily. Welcome once again to BitCorner, the podcast for Bitcoiners from El Salvador and to the world. Today, we have the great pleasure to talk with Dan Prince. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. Pleasure to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, so I know you're very well known, especially in the Bitcoin world, but um, as, as I mentioned before we start recording the podcast, uh, this podcast is meant for Spanish speakers, the Spanish speaker communities. So maybe, maybe they don't know uh, your background and maybe they, they don't know more about uh, Spanish speakers. So one of my goals is that um, all of you guys that uh, are working in the Bitcoin space uh, pro provide us a little bit about uh, your background and what you're currently doing because is it's really important, especially in my country, El Salvador, to get this information. So maybe we could start the podcast talking a little bit about your your background. So where are you from? And uh, we will continue on that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, apologies for not being able to to speak Spanish. Don't worry. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, French, I can just about handle. I, I sometimes wish we'd lived in Spain instead of France, because I think the Spanish language might have been a little bit easier to to pick up but hey -ho. really <laughs> us bitcoiners us bitcoiners do things the hard way right um yeah exactly <laughs> so a little bit about me uh originally from england uh i left england in in 1999 and uh moved to singapore because my uh my work took me there my i i just followed uh the career chances that were opening up to me I was working in financial markets. I worked in uh, foreign exchange as a, uh, a foreign exchange brokerage on um, currency options desks. Uh, so basically my job was to sit between um, the world's biggest banks and um, execute deals for them uh, when they were trying to exchange uh, fiat currencies such as uh, euros or dollars or Japanese yen. Um, and before that, actually, in the mid-90s, when I started my career, we still had the Peseta and we still had the Deutschmark and, you know, the euro hadn't come along. Uh, so that was my background in, in foreign exchange markets. And in 2013, I, uh, I just, I needed to put a line under that part of my life. I needed to move on. Uh, my wife and I, we had four kids. I was running on the hamster wheel as fast as you possibly could. And after a 17 or 18 year career, you, you find yourself in a pretty good position. You know, you, you've made some good cash. You, if you've saved well, you should be pretty good. I, I couldn't figure out how we were getting to the end of each month and still net zero, even though I was working in quote unquote, a, um, a good paying career. And I just wanted to make a change. Um, and I read a book called the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, mm -hmm. uh, at the uh, recommendation of a friend of mine. And that just changed my thinking completely. And I, I became laser eyed focused on getting out of what, of that corner I'd painted myself into and finding a different way to live and finding a different way to bring up our family. 
so first thing I had to do was of course quit. So quit, threw in, threw in the towel, resigned. And uh, my wife and I decided, well, let's travel around the region for six to nine months uh, before, you know, the next chapter, go on and find another job, go on and find another country to live in. And uh, that actually turned out to be two and a half years of constant travel uh, with our kids who were aged eight, six, and we had three-year-old twins at the time as well. Uh, so we'd sold everything pretty much that we owned uh, and jumped on a plane and, and started traveling. We were traveling via uh, the sharing economy. We were using uh, home swapping as our, um, as our accommodation choices. Uh, and that just opened up uh, the doors to so many different places and meeting so many different people and, and people helping you out and uh, looking after you when you get to their country and all of those amazing travel stories that you know you, you experience when you actually just put yourself out there so we did that for two and a half years well it's at that point i was falling very very fast and very deeply into two rabbit holes one um, challenging the education system because we had our kids out of school and we were home educating world schooling. It's known as when you travel with your children, it's just world schooling. There's no curriculum to follow. It's follow the interests of the, um, of the day and, um, explore the city or town or country in which you find yourself and use that as the, the basis for the uh, education and experiential learning. So that was just firing me off in all kinds of different thought patterns as to well we grew up under this really constricted education system where you are force-fed information and narratives and nationalism and look where that's got us we aren't a particularly peaceful globe why you know if we're supposedly all educated mm -hmm. uh, so that um that opened me up to hmm, perhaps there's a different way to do that and then I, because I was without employment for the first time in my whole adult life, I had no monthly income and that's a very, very scary prospect um, and not something easy to deal with. Your, your monkey mind really starts playing uh, games with you because again, you've been programmed to believe head down at school, you get good grades, you get good job, life's all rosy. Now, all of a sudden, I'm unemployed. We're in a country we've never been before. I've got a wife and four kids, and we don't know where we're going to have a roof over our head in a week's time. Yeah. So I was really trying to figure out, all right, how do I protect the wealth uh, and the savings that I'd already worked for and spent so long and so much time and energy and so much sacrifice because you sacrifice yourself, you sacrifice your time, to be in an office rather with your brand new baby or with your wife or with your family. And I wanted to protect all of that. So how do I do that? What investments are open to me? Because I'd worked in financial markets, I was kind of uh, privy to the um, inside information of how do you set up a brokerage account? What forms you have to fill in and fill out? What stocks should I be looking for? What countries should I be looking to invest in? And all of those good things. And I was using several different avenues and diversifying, of course, like, again, you're programmed to do. And then I found, um, well, a friend of mine was co-founding Real Vision. Uh, Grant Williams uh, was co-founding Real Vision with Raoul Pal at the time mm -hmm. back in 2014. And I was one of the early subscribers there. And I was really enjoying that content. It was an amazing educational platform back in those days. Uh, and they started bringing on people to talk about Bitcoin. And uh, I remember a, a few interviews, one with uh, Wences Cesares, uh, one with Tur de Mista, and one with Trace Mayer, which just blew my mind again. I was like, whoa, hang on. This thing, Bitcoin, which I'd been ignoring from the minute I'd heard about it, whilst I was sat on my brokering desk, brokering deals in fiat currencies to the tune of anywhere from 10 million to a billion dollars between HSBC and UBS and Goldman Sachs and, you know, whoever else, right? I dealt mm. with them. Uh, and 
I had completely ignored Bitcoin through my own uh, hubris and ego because I worked in the real financial markets. I worked with the real money and somebody had to keep the economy going. And uh, if it weren't for us brokers moving the money around, then the world would collapse. And all of this complete and utter nonsense that you, you know, this narrative that you get fed when you're sat in these positions. Uh, so now I was not constrained by that day to day and I had time to breathe and I had time to think and I had time to reflect and I had time to read and I had time to listen and I had time to learn. And that's when Bitcoin just took off for me. I was like, oh man, how, how wrong could I have been about, about this? And, uh, since that day, not one day goes by that I haven't thought about it. I haven't read about it. I haven't listened about it. I haven't watched a video about it. Even today, even this morning, I've been watching three different podcasts concurrently. <laughs> like, there is no end to this rabbit hole. Absolutely, It's so deep. And, you're, and this comes back again. This, this goes perfectly in line with these two rabbit holes that I was descending. How am I learning so much? of my own volition. Whereas my whole life up until that point had been, you learn what we tell you to do. Even when you join the workplace, right? You can't learn, you know, organically, you learn by the senior person. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Follow these rules and then you will make it. Otherwise you're out. If you do something wrong, you're gone. If you step out, you know, over the line, you're gone. So you were always following. And then before that, obviously, um, in your university, your college, your school, your high school, your primary school, your um, even your kindergarten, you know, you're told what to do, where to be, how to do it, why to do it, sit down and shut up. Yeah, here we are. I was 38, I think, at the time. Couldn't stop reading books. Couldn't stop reading articles. Really in-depth stuff. Amazing historical things, writing stuff down, taking notes. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. This is crazy. I can't get enough of this. I couldn't, I couldn't even sleep because it was just running around in my head. Even if I did sleep, I'd be dreaming about it. And that is what true learning is. That's, that, that's the difference between learning and teaching. And then if you apply that to schools today, what's going on in schools is not learning. What's going on in schools is teaching. And so it's my belief that, you know, if, if, if you want to truly live a self-sovereign life, Bitcoin is here now, it's got you financially, but you've got to get your kids out of that state education system too, because otherwise they won't, they, they, they will just be slowly conditioned and programmed to, to march to the beat of the drum of, of that nation state's agenda. Uh, so that was um, a huge awakening and I've been working tirelessly in, in both of those two areas um, ever since then. Uh, so the last eight years, I suppose, uh, certainly in homeschooling as well, where I've hosted a couple of um, online global summits to talk about uh, homeschooling, world schooling, alternative education, and my book, obviously, um, Choose Life, is a culmination of how we exited the fiat nightmare hamster wheel, uh, what the thoughts that were going on through our minds at the time, the dark times we faced, the barriers we faced, the challenges, the positives, the negatives. And uh, there's a whole chapter in there about uh, alternative education and taking your kids out of school as well which in some countries is even illegal, which raises another red flag. But huh. uh, that's, that's me uh, up until this point. And now I, for the last three years, I've been running a, a Bitcoin podcast called Once Bitten, where I have had the pleasure of interviewing over 300 people from all over the, round, all over the world, from all different walks of life, um, not just the quote unquote, well-known, famous celebrity Bitcoiners, but somebody who might even have 10 followers on Twitter, you know, the, 
these stories are just, if not more as important than, um, than these, um, than those of Michael Saylor, perhaps, because Bitcoin is for everybody and every story is going to resonate with someone in a different way, but at the same time, inspire them to take perhaps one extra step towards learning about Bitcoin and educating themselves. Absolutely. Uh, actually, I was thinking while you were speaking that just you mentioned that um, when you were dis when you discovered Bitcoin, you even today that you were listening to three podcasts, <laughs> I felt really, really, really identified and related because it's like uh, you know I have I live I live with two with two roommates and they're like uh, they're not that. Uh, in the rabbit hole journey about bitcoin they know about bitcoin but uh, they are not quite orange pill yet so that's a work in progress <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's but, difficult yeah and and the thing is that they always tell me like but you don't get enough about listening about bitcoin it's the same thing i was like no it's not the same thing because it basically involves everything you know involves politics involves economics involves education involves mention anything and and it's somehow it's related right so mm -hmm. th that's why i'm i feel real identified and related about that and you also mentioned that um your podcast and uh, by the way i have seen it and i love it and especially i love that uh your daughters uh, usually make the, the first questions right about in the podcast yeah yeah and yeah uh no and the, and the thing is that um i have a nephew and uh you know he's three years old and uh, mm -hmm. my sister wants to she's already orange peeled actually uh well i have mentioned this in another podcast but she was the one that uh make me uh being tied deep in the rabbit hole because i just studied but uh the blockchain technology more than the bitcoin technology in in the university but then my sister she uh like in 2019 no earlier 2017 uh she also mentioned uh bitcoin and she is in economics right she's um uh business uh, administrator so and i was like i thought it was it was related to engineering not to economics and that's when i started to educate more about bitcoin right and uh so now she wants to orange peel my my nephew so maybe my question will be like how do you start orange peeling uh kids because mm -hmm. bitcoin involved everything but how do you hope maybe you can start to orange peel them yeah very good question and something every bitcoiner is trying to figure out for themselves and <laughs> there are people building products out there as well which is great there's um shamari is the first one that springs to mind uh scott and mallory sibley do a great job there and they're just releasing their plushies their little um bitcoin monsters uh, for for really little kids they've also written a book called good night bitcoin which is uh aimed probably perfect age for your nephew over around uh three years of age cool. and they have a another um product the uh the shamari game which um, your nephew is, he's going to be too young for that at this stage. Well, maybe not. It's a memory game. So you could play a very little basic memory game with him. They like to play memory games at that age. And you're just flicking over the cards and it's to mimic the idea of mining um, and, and explaining that in a family and friendly way. And then okay. as you, uh... oh, Bitcoin Rabbi's book. <laughs> Yeah, it's over there somewhere. Hang on. I've got all these books. One sec. I can hold them. All up. right, all right. Uh, Bitcoin for kiddos as well. Here's one. Oh, okay. Another, Perfect. An, another one for uh, really, really young guys. And this is written by um, Chris and Frida Bobe. This one is by uh, Michael Keras, the Bitcoin rabbi. This is uh, another great book. That's for, so cool. Uh, for little kids that you you know these are the kinds of books that you just sit your um your kids or your nephew on your lap and you just read them and you just let them Good point at the pictures 
Good Night Bitcoin by uh, Scott and uh, and Mallory, uh, which is great because it's it's so approachable for really mm. young kids. Um, as you can see, that ring light's getting in the way. Sorry about that. No. Um, that um, that's a really great way to start. Uh, that those three products alone, and there are probably many more out there. So sorry if I'm not shilling everything. Oh, yeah. uh, but um, for for kids of that age, for sure, is a is a good way to do it. For for slightly older, you have the game Shamari that I mentioned, and you also mm -hmm. have. Um, a game by um, Scott and Tali called uh, Hoddle Up, which is um, like a, a classic kind of big table, uh, tabletop card game where you're ah, moving things cool. around. And yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. Lots of lots of moving parts in that. So for the curious kind of teenagers that really like to sit down and get into their games, um, that would be a, a perfect present. Um, so you just go to hodlup.com and you'll be able to find that. Uh, otherwise, YouTube videos, the Tuttle Twins have just released a series of really short, sharp, excellent um, cartoon videos about Bitcoin. You also have... Um, Actually, sorry, sorry like to interrupt. I, I yep. just one watched one that uh, Michael Saylor retweeted this week, but I don't remember the name, but it was really cool. I yeah. 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 So, so if you just subscribe to Tuttle Twins, T-U-T-T-L-E uh, Twins on uh, YouTube, you'll find those little cartoon videos, okay. just two or three minutes long and um, aimed at really, really young kids as well. Uh, so th there is so much being done. Um, the way it worked for me uh lauren was nine and i just started the podcast and it was kind of like exciting in the uh in the family what do you mean you're gonna start a podcast you're gonna record yourself and what do you mean you're <laughs> talking to people from all over the world and so there was this kind of because i'd never done anything like that before again neither self-taught right like you <laughs> completely self-taught uh and she said, uh, can I come in and ask a question? I'm like, that's actually a great idea. Of course you can. So she came in and we were sitting down. That particular interview was with Andrew Edstrom, who's the author of Why Buy Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's what kicked it all off. And she's been asking questions uh, on every show pretty much ever since. So she's she's met everybody as well um, that's via... Cool via the podcast uh, and every now and then my son might come on and ask a question if i tell him oh i've got a footballer who's going to come on and talk about <laughs> bitcoin or a baseball player or a racing driver he's like whoa yeah i want to come and ask them about a bitcoin so that's uh, cool. <laughs> yeah and, and no, sorry, we, sorry. no 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 problem because i have kids of different ages so my oldest is almost 18 and thinking about mm, what do I do now? Do I go to university? Do I, do I go and try and travel for a year and take a gap year? Do I do voluntary work? Do I try and find an internship? So coming to Miami uh, with me is my 18-year-old and my, my twin 12-year-olds now. So Lauren, who asks a question on each show, and, and Samuel, her brother, and, and Caitlin and Lauren, I'm going to be working for the full three days at the conference, helping Saifuddin cool. Amus wow. selling, selling his new book. So they're going to be with Saif all day. Principles uh, of economics, right? Yes. <laughs> so he's there to promote that book, but obviously he'll have all of his books there to sell and to sign. Um, and and that, that's inspired my daughter, who's 18, to have at least read the Fiat Standard by the time she meets Saifedean and, uh, you know, gets to uh, can get in his head a little bit. And that was a deliberate uh, ploy um, of mine to try and put her in front of the right people who are going to be able to inspire her and hopefully get her thinking differently about... Um, mainstream economics and and how money works and what um what austrian economic theory is and what bitcoin is uh, so that is the way that i'm trying to educate all of my kids 
exposure to the tools that are out there that are being made by other Bitcoiners, exposure to the actual people, uh, whether that's via a Zoom call on the podcast or meeting in person at conferences, because I try and take all the family to as many conferences as I can. And um, my, my latest uh, idea is to try and uh, get them interning or doing some kind of work at the conferences directly for, for Bitcoiners. So That's cool. the idea being the education just happens naturally, organically, rather than it being forced. Cool. And uh, I, maybe uh, one advice for, you know, for parents, because, you know, I understand your perspective because you know all of them, uh, but uh, many parents won't know many of Bitcoiners, especially the ones that, even my sister, that she is like really orange pill. They uh, don't know that uh, many Bitcoiners. So what advice will you give to parents who are, you know, starting incorporating Bitcoin into mm -hmm. the children's education? Especially like if they want to, I don't know, forecast uh, in terms of forcing curiosity and critical thinking uh, around Bitcoin, how, what advice will you give, you give to them? Uh, yeah, uh, being a Bitcoiner can be pretty lonely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Being a Bitcoiner and a homeschooler can be double lonely. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, you've outcast yourself from two of the most mainstream systems out there, right? As soon as you challenge the financial system to somebody and say, yo, this is broken and your money's not safe, they shut down. And as soon as you uh, challenge the education system, just by your actions of taking your children out of the education system, you put a big red flag up on your family. It's like, ooh bunch of weirdos all right mm. let's um let's discount anything they have to say so it can be difficult it really can um to be because you don't want to be that island you don't want to be the only people influencing your your children right uh you you want them to be exposed to uh mentors and other kids from all different walks of life from all different ages as well which is something that doesn't happen at school. At school, you get literally put in a boxed classroom with 20 to 30 other kids by force. You, you don't get to choose your friends. Um, those friends are formed out of necessity rather than um, organically um, occurring. So how do you build that social layer? And this is something that is very close to my heart because of both of these camps that I I've lived in for so long. Um, and especially if you're world schooling, uh, yeah, that can be very lonely, but there are a lot of world schooling groups now on, um, on Facebook or telegram or, you know, what Instagram social media platform of choice, you can find each other and you can find people in different cities when you turn up and you can make friends and you can arrange, um, educational activities for, for the kids to get to, to meet each other and hang out. Uh, with Bitcoin, there is an app now called uh, Orange Pill App, which I, um, I was uh, lucky enough to be invited to sit on the board and uh, and help advise Matteo, the founder, and build that out. And it's such a great tool for Bitcoiners who are lonely, perhaps like uh, your sister, for, for example, a great example. Maybe she doesn't know many other Bitcoiners in real life. The, the real travesty is Maybe she doesn't know she's surrounded by at least another 10 Bitcoiners within her hometown. And they just don't know that each other are there because on Twitter, it could be, you, you might not even be following them. There's nothing flagging to you that, hey, someone lives within 50 miles of your radius. And perhaps if you chat them, they would jump at the idea of coming to meet you for a coffee or whatever. Uh, so... I would, I would urge people to, to download and join Orange Pill app and then just see what happens. And it is $2.99 per month to join because you want, you want there to be some cost to join. Free for Salvadorians, by the way. It is. You're right. It is free. Yes. Yeah. So, guys, go ahead. <laughs> no, because I interviewed Mateo and he told me, I was like, really? 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that that was one of the things he wanted to um to put in there for sure. Uh, and yeah, that that's the way to find people. Um, and once you find those people that you have an instant connection with, um, exposing those people to your kids or exposing your kids to those people is huge. And that could literally be just taking them along for the coffee. They might sit there pretending to be bored, but they're listening all of the time. And just organically, they're going to start seeing how you behave differently, how you're engaged in the conversation, where the conversation is going. They're going to grow more respect for you and instantly respect the person you've just met. Uh, and this is how we this is how we build our um, our new circle of friends and our new network. Because it, if you're moving from one financial network to a different financial network, you're going to be meeting new people all the time. So you're redefining your life. You're literally redefining your life, and you better hurry up and redefine that life with the people that are on this new financial network, uh, because that's where it really blossoms. That's where the magic happens. That's where you can start thinking laterally, protecting your family, finding better opportunities for, um, for work, adding value where you really want to add value. And um, that, yeah, it, it's probably not spoken about enough. Um, the, this idea of the social layer of Bitcoin. So it's, uh, it's, it's so important. And, and I would love to be able to get out to Bitcoin Beach one day. That's why I'm wearing a t-shirt. I love shout out to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Mike Peterson and uh, Chimbera, who I, I got to meet in person in Biarritz last year at the conference, who handed me this, this gift. And we've yet to visit El Salvador, but I can't wait to get out there one day and I will land and I will open Orange Pill app and I'll be able to find all of the other Bitcoiners uh, and they'll be able to go and then introduce me to the local places where they can spend Bitcoin and we can support those businesses as tourists. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's just um, an amazing time to be alive and, and watch all of this play out. Absolutely. Now that you mentioned uh, Mike and Chambara, uh, I invite them to the show. Uh, but we, we, we couldn't manage yet to have the time because I know they're working like a lot, but uh, I'm yeah. really excited to, to breathe into the show. And talking about friends, I just saw this week that uh, you, you're invited or you're an advisor right now in the mm -hmm. company of one of my friends that is Julian Lineger and also Lena. So yeah. congratulations about that. <laughs> Thank so, you. And yes. what what will you do there? Maybe you can talk something. That sure. So really. Uh, yeah, who are Relay? R-E-L-A-I uh, dot C-H is the uh, the website. Or if you want to find the app, um, that's just any app store. You can just go and download it. And they are a um, a, a way to, to buy Bitcoin very, very quickly. And uh, with almost no or very minimal KYC, you can literally download the app from uh, anywhere in Europe, pretty much, I'm sure, anywhere in Europe. And start buying Bitcoin directly with your usual form of me uh, method of payment. So whether you use your your ATM card or your Google Pay or your Apple Pay or whatever, you can literally start buying Bitcoin. So that's why I say it's low KYC because you're still using a card that's attached to your bank account. So there is some there, but they don't ask for any identification. And you can do that up to a thousand Swiss per day, which um, give or take anywhere between 850 and a thousand euros. I don't know the exact exchange rate right now. I think they're pretty close. I'm not sure. Um, and they have been uh, supporting my podcast for two years at least. Oh, cool. From the first time I had Julian on, when they launched, I said, yo, let, let, come on the pod. Let, let's figure out who you are, what you're doing, what you're building. And uh, I started DCAing with them and testing their service and giving feedback. We've stayed in touch ever since. Julian has been on the show many times, uh, got to meet him in person a couple of times as well and, and in the conferences. And uh, they, were, they, they were lucky enough to um, complete a funding round. Uh, mm -hmm. Jeff Booth, uh, Andy and Nico at Ego Death, um, saw what I saw as well that they, you know <laughs> they're, they're in a great position here in in Europe to 
to really push forward the uh, the adoption of Bitcoin and an orange pill, lots of people on this continent. So they've got that funding in place. And with that funding in place, they've invited a few advisors to the to the board just just to have a monthly call. What's going on? What can we do better? What are you hearing? Who can you connect us to? Uh, and on that on that board is myself, uh, Lena Saiker, who makes the, uh, the the beautiful little plushies, and also Joe Hall, Joe Nakamoto, yeah. who's uh, making some brilliant content, uh, uh, and Gigi, uh, Gigi is true, yeah, yeah. So, all, all amazing Bitcoiners, <laughs> amazing Bitcoiners, and first first call today in about uh, an hour, I think. So I'm looking forward oh, to that. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's amazing. And uh, I just saw that, uh, well, when I texted you, I, actually I texted you because you were in Andorra and, and I thought that I, I didn't know where you were based at. I didn't know that we were so close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, but you went to a meetup in, in Andorra. So mm -hmm. um, maybe what, what are uh, their planning? What is the current development sure. right there? Are they trying to, to do the same thing that also there? That will be great you know they are small they they have lower taxes <laughs> so they, yes they do uh, <laughs> and they would love to they they would love to uh so there's a bunch of bitcoiners there um and a very good friend of mine Thibaut, and uh and his now fiance uh congratulations guys uh they moved from france yeah they moved from france to andorra and we already had uh, some very good mutual friends that had already made that move from Paris to, to Andorra as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so they decided to, um, to start throwing a meetup. And I saw the meetup advertised on Orange Pill App. That's another thing oh, about Orange Pill App hmm. because the events tab is now live. So if you just hit on events, you can see where are your closest events and, um, and what dates and, and where it is. So I was just playing around on Orange Pill App. And I'm like, huh, what? Oh. Andorra and for me it's a five and a half hour drive uh so I I got hold of Tib and I said okay we'll come to the next one when is it going to be and he said well we'll make it when you can you know come so we we sorted it out and we had about 15 people uh come to the meetup and attend including one walk-in from the tax office <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> who uh, who saw one of his friends walking into the bar and just said, "Hey, you going for a drink?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to this Bitcoin meetup. Do you want to come?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." So he walked into the lion's den uh, as we were all discussing um, how CBDCs are destined mm. to, you know, all of the things. Uh, but he was very interested to learn more and very open to. Um, to suggestions and he already said he wanted to come back to the next bitcoin meetup and uh we said wow. well, okay before you come make sure you read the bitcoin standard that's Please. that's your that's your homework before you come for the next meetup uh but i do know that uh, a couple of guys there have had some contact with the, the um the it's not even a government i'm not exactly sure how it works in andorra but let's just call it the government for the sake of argument they have had some contact and like you said, they are um, they're a little bit more self-sovereign than the nations that surround them. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not self-sovereign when it comes to food or power or water, I don't think. Um, but they could become, they, they, they do, they really could lead uh, like the revolution here, couldn't they? If they were to... Um, So the way the Madeira did it is okay. is interesting because Madeira are not doing what El Salvador did. El Salvador made it legal tender, yes, which is questionable behavior because that's a decree, that's a law, and if you have the power over legal tender rights, you have the power over what people can and cannot do, and you're taking away. Um, praxeological side of, of human action and money being discovered from um from the base up uh madeira are not taking that approach they cannot take that approach because they come under the uh, european union uh mm -hmm. but they're taking the approach of the government are happy to fund and uh advertise and help 
uh, Bitcoin education for their citizenry. And that's the best thing you could do. And if that in Andorra do the same kind of thing, if they say to this meetup group, for example, right, here is a dedicated space for you guys to set up a dedicated office, walk in to um, dispense as much Bitcoin education to locals uh, and even tourists that you possibly can, that would be huge that that's the kind of movement that um that we need and the we could do that without the support of the government but with the support of the government with a um uh a politician who's interested to learn and keen to learn and actually wants to make some kind of um legacy positive legacy this is about the best approach anybody could take uh, so let's let's keep our fingers crossed that that more more people wake up to that. And what is your economics per perspective now that we are talking here on Europe, especially you know that um, they are trying to make a CBDC also like in the United States, but mm -hmm. uh, and they want to make something like the the same system reward that it's happening in China, right? The social. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's the name credit social social, social credit. credit system yeah yeah absolutely so what are your thoughts on that and and maybe if we can add uh if the bricks are the same thing because basically you know <laughs> i don't know yeah there's so what are your thoughts on, on that uh yeah this isn't a i mean this is not a drill right this is not an exercise this is something everybody needs to be awake to and think critically about and these conversations that that i've had they, they can go off in all kinds of different directions but the the underlying point here is that the the cbdc the central bank digital coin is coming in one way shape or form it's coming whether they they roll it out just as an interbank payments network first and then trickle it down into retail who knows really who knows whether they use it as a way for you to claim your social security payments um and that's the carrot that they're going to dangle for people to enter into their central bank digital currency scheme again who knows that they could do both of those very easily Do they have the technical ability to do it? Yes, of course, because they can hire whoever they want. They can hire the best developers, the best technicians, the best financiers that money could buy from anywhere to, to get this put in place. Um, do they know? This, this is where it gets tricky. Do they truly know the damage that this would do to humanity? <laughs> because you can get very dark very dark there and um if you look at how the current financial system was put in place uh with the central banks around the world and especially the federal reserve in the u.s how that was put in place um in secret Uh, in the initial meetings, I think, were 1910, 1911 in Jekyll Island in, in the US. And by 1913, they had the Federal Reserve Act signed into power. Mm. Over Christmas week, at uh, the end of uh, 1913, where pretty much half of Congress was on holiday, that's how they got it through. Like These people will stop at nothing to get what they want when it comes to controlling the money. So if you work on that narrative, on that historical view, they're going to stop at nothing to put a CBDC in place. Absolutely. So what are you going to do as a citizen? What are you going to do? Are you going to fight that and just keep your euros or your pounds, which they will inflate to zero value and force you on to the CBDC? 
Or are you going to seriously start thinking about putting some of your wealth into Bitcoin, which they cannot inflate, which they cannot control, which you will have complete self-sovereign power over if you self-custody it. So they're the kind of, these are the kind of conversations you need to be having with your friends, your family, yourself, more importantly, and really digging into what, what's going on in, in the financial world at the moment. Because Christine Lagarde, she <sighs> has made no secret of the fact the CBDC is coming. Yeah, She is not to be trusted. Absolutely. She was already found guilty once in the court of law for helping, aiding and abetting. She was found guilty of negligence. Um, aiding and abetting the embezzlement of 400 million euros to one of Nicolas Sarkozy's aides whilst she was the head of the IMF. She mm -hmm. was found guilty for this. Found guilty. She didn't face any penalties and she didn't face any charges and she did not go to jail. Instead, she didn't work at the IMF anymore. She became the head of the ECB. There's Absolutely. no way in the world a deal wasn't cut between the people that wanted her to head the ECB who had the power to keep her out of jail. Like, that's not conspiracy theory bullshit. That's like basic, obvious stuff. So there's a, an agenda. They want the CBDC and they want it as quickly as possible. The Absolutely. UK have talked about their own CBDC. They're going to call it Britcoin, which is just the absolute worst. I hope they rebrand. Uh, well, I hope they just don't bring it out at all. Um, but that, that's what's going on for anybody that's listening. Uh, you know, do not take this lightly. Please start educating yourself about Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm really conscious about the, the, the time and I think we're going to start to wrap it up. But uh... I have so many questions. <laughs> Maybe I will let yeah, Fire you. away. I've I've got I've got some time. So all right, right. But yeah, so no, I was thinking that I don't remember if it was the time that he was going to be elected and going and talking about Rishi Sinek, uh mm -hmm. the prime minister. That actually he he made a video talking about the benefits of CBDC. Do you see that? Probably you saw it. Yep. And uh, but I mean it's, it's absolutely ridiculous how they promote that because um, there are no fundamentals. And uh, of course I don't know how how desperate maybe they are to sell this thing to people. Mm -hmm. But but um... and they can do it very easily because they have all of the uh, the levers to pull whenever they need to. They can create yeah. a crisis whenever they need to. Then they can create an answer to that crisis whenever they need to. And they have the mainstream media, which... So it'd be very easy for them to trick people into thinking the CBDC is the uh, the great reset, mm -hmm. the, the answer to all of our problems. Um, they can engineer a financial crisis. You lose half of your savings. Then... The news in the headlines is uh, this is um, due to Bitcoin and uh, cyber attacks mm -hmm. and make Bitcoin look like the bad guys and mm -hmm. cyber attacks look like um, we need more uh, control by the government for your safety. And we have the CBDC now. We've been working on this. We were ready. Don't worry. We're going to roll this out and we will replace all of the money that you thought you'd lost, but it will just be on the CBDC now. So just download this app and put in your details and link it to your bank account. And we will empty your bank account of pounds because we're not going to use them anymore. And we'll put everything onto your CBDC account at the original amount of pounds that you had in your, um, in your bank account. And we've also going to, uh, we've made it legal tender. So all shops and services now are forced to accept the CBDC. And don't worry, we can just claim the taxes that we know you owe at the end of each month on your CBDC. So you don't need to file a tax report at the end of the year. 
you know, all of these things to make it sound convenient to you at the same time, making you feel um, protected. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's coming. It, honestly, it's coming. And it, <laughs> it's a fight I really don't think we can win. It's just, you just got to, you just have to exit that system. That's the way you win, just by not playing. Don't, do not play in a game where the rules have been written that you will never, ever win. Yeah, and have you seen that even the, they don't have, an, they don't hide anymore. Have you seen the recent tweet that, I, I saw it on the Bitcoin magazine that the US Congressman uh, Brad mm -hmm. Sherman said that, uh, yep. actually admitted that they are printing money at thin, out of thin air, you know, so. Yeah. How desperate that they are, I mean, and uh, we, and actually we're seeing it. Uh, and uh, here's when, when things got get out because uh, banks are, are failing in the US, but they're failing one because uh, they're making provoking failing ones that are related to cryptos to make it fails, and the other are making uh, failing because actually they print that much money that you know they're not they basically they don't have basis anymore so uh, i don't know the, yep. the future is it's it's really hard and that's uh, the again that's how they can control the narrative uh, mm -hmm. because we've had three banks fail in one month, what, two months? six to eight weeks or something in, in the usa and i think, mm -hmm. think a fourth was on the um on the edge of failing um pack west uh, no one's talking about it. No one's talking about it because it's not in the news. If you go to like Yahoo Finance or anything like that, nothing, absolutely nothing. Whereas if you remember, if you remember back in 2008, uh, things were, I mean, September 2008 was when it started going crazy and all of the news, oh, meltdown. Da -da -da -da. Oh my God, now another bank, now another bank. But that had all been, everything leading up to that point had all been going on in the background. It wasn't until they, they hit the go button that it hits the mainstream narrative. Then the markets collapse. Then retail, i.e. individuals holding stocks and shares, families, they sell all of their stocks and shares. And then within a few months, all of the banks are rescued, save two or three that just get bought up by, any, by the other banks anyway. Yeah then the people in the know who know that the money printing is just about to start people like warren buffett for example mm -hmm. he buys huge amounts of stocks and shares in banks and says i'm here as a white knight as a savior to to, to help prop up some of these banks a few days later they start printing you know god knows how many billions of dollars into the economy which goes straight into the um recovery period of the uh, of the, the stock markets so they can crash the stock market whenever they want just by the narratives and the headlines which they will do and then they can just start printing whenever they want and those privileged few that know when or the plan of how they're going to do that will be nicely positioned to make an absolute killing off it Absolutely. like i said stop playing stop playing these games get out of it don't don't play the game just buy Bitcoin each week and self-custody it. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and, so, uh, and, <laughs> sorry, look, no, no, that was just ahead. the US. In Europe here, Credit oh, Suisse. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Credit Suisse. Credit Suisse do not exist anymore, guys. They're that's gone. True. Like one of Europe's largest, longest standing banks with God knows how many years of history behind it gone in a weekend gone and it was unconstitutionally bought out by ubs over a weekend illegally which nobody is challenging in switzerland the so-called most democratic nation in the world this is so, this is happening under our noses and because it's not in the newspapers people aren't paying attention because they don't want them to pay attention yet. 
they have to get all of their ducks in a row before, bam, it hits the newspapers. And then the real panic starts. And they sit back and watch everybody panic and then just put their next part of the plan in action. And the next part of the plan, like like we've been talking about, will most likely be CBDCs. Absolutely. For your safety. That actually, that I, I was talking about that uh, when that happened with Natalie Smolensky, because actually she made an article and in Forbes talking about um, how the U.S. government uh, are picking the winners. Actually, she, she said that that they are actually uh, picking the the banks that they want to save deliberately right so um and one of the things that uh, i was talking to her is that it and i want to know also your opinion but uh i asked her if it was because uh the people the politician the policymakers that are making the rules uh the regulations that they are, are making is because they don't have education about bitcoin or they don't want to be educated, or as you mentioned, like the, you know, that they are playing the game, so they're trying to restructure, right? But uh, what we talk is, and what she said is that, yeah, of course, one is that they don't have enough education, but they are also making it like deliberate, like okay, we're going to save this bank, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, maybe we have something, a role for this bank. So, yep. Oh yeah, they, they they put the banks in the positions and the people in the positions at the banks that they need to to maintain to maintain control over the global monetary system. But um, also, I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say there are a few books. If anybody wants to dig into some books, um, the Tower of Basel is a, a very interesting book which delves into the Bank of International Settlements, which is the big boss right the the bank of all banks uh which was um formed back in the 30s i believe if i remember if i'm getting my dates and my history correct uh yeah by by the head of the bundesbank i think it is Hermann Schacht and montague norman who was the head of the bank of england and some other central bankers from around the world came this idea of the Bank of International Settlements where everything must pass through. And it has complete diplomatic immunity. And it's based in Basel uh, in Switzerland. So read that book. Uh, and then the other book to read about what I was talking about earlier, the, the, the formation of the, uh, the Federal Reserve, I would recommend uh, this book, The Secrets of the okay. Federal Reserve. Okay, cool. By Eustace Mullins. Uh, those two books, they, they will get you up to speed pretty quickly on what you've been living under and how it works and the kind of minds that have um, been behind all of this and uh, where it might go. So, Absolutely. yeah, get into those. Okay, perfect. Uh, I just forgot what I was going to say before, <laughs> but uh, never mind. <laughs> If I if I remember, I'm going to text you because uh, I know my mind and I won't remember right now. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we're going to start wrapping up. So, um, which conference are you going this 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 year? I know that you're yeah. going to Miami and also you're bringing your your children. Uh, yep. But any other conference that you want to to go? Are you yeah, to? Prague. Uh, we're off to Prague uh, in June. Cool. So we're looking very much forward to that. Um, I do, do. Do you have discount codes to offer to to your um, listeners? If no, they want I, don't, I don't have them. No, no, no. Well, if if they would like um, a ten percent discount, uh, if they're interested in in checking out one of the conferences, then they could use the code Bitten. Um, that would get ten percent off. That's B I T T E N. Yep. Uh, and that will get you ten percent off the the um the entry price the. The one in Miami, I think, is a it could be it's very expensive for Europeans to get to. Um, maybe easier for El Salvadorians. I, I don't know because you're closer. Uh, but um, the even the entry ticket to the event has become very expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, the the one in Prague is uh, is a lot 
cheaper comparatively. And if you can get across to Prague on a on a cheap European uh, low budget airline, then you know go for it. What I would say actually is, or trains exactly, or drive it, or drive it. Yeah. What I would say, uh, and this comes back to what we were talking about um, with Orange Pill app and the social layer of Bitcoin. If the t- if you find that the tickets are too expensive to go to the conference, don't go to the conference. Go to the town, go to Prague. One, you might just score a free ticket because you might meet a pleb and he might have an extra one and you get to go in anyway. But two, you're going to a place where you know there's going to be thousands of Bitcoiners and there's going to be tons of side events, which will all be, you can find the side events on Orange Pill app. Now, even if you go in Miami, it's like toxic happy hour party is happening here. The secret parties happening here. Meet us in a bar here. So you could get there, literally open the app and figure out, ah, there's a bunch of Bitcoiners meeting for coffee at 10. Then there's um, a lunch at 12. Then there's afternoon drinks at, or, or an afternoon walk at two. And then there's drinks at five. You have a full day. You've not paid for the entrance fee to the, um, to the conference, but you're meeting your people. It's so powerful. So I urge anybody to consider using that as a hack to, to meet some Bitcoiners. Um, then towards the end of the year, we're going to be going to Riga. Uh, that's the honey badger, the Baltic honey badger. Uh, Riga's in Latvia. So wow. that's a great place. Yeah, it's very, very cool. That's put on by HODL HODL. Mm-hmm. And uh, also we're back to Prague in October and we're doing all of this as a family. Oh, I missed Biarritz. Biarritz in August. Okay. Uh, and I missed July. Goodness me. Okay, so <laughs> July, July in the United Kingdom, in, um, just outside of Bristol. So you can fly into Bristol from a lot of European destinations. Uh, and that's at the Avon Adventure Valley Park. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, um, that is definitely bring the kids because you can camp there and it's a huge park full of animals and rides and slides mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So the kids, they go off, they run off and do their thing, and you listen to Bitcoin talks. Uh, it's great. Oh, that's so cool. And you, awesome. yeah, and you can pay. You can pay for your tickets in Bitcoin, and you buy your beers via Lightning Network. So that's end of um, that's twenty second, twenty third July. Then twenty third, twenty fifth of August is Biarritz in France, the most amazing venue. It's right in the casino, right on the beach. So again, bring the family. They can hang on the beach all day whilst you do the conference thing. There's French and English stages. So if you don't speak French, you're, you're fine. If you speak English, you can get along and listen to those. And then um, September is in Latvia. October is back in Prague for the Free Cities Foundation who are putting on the, uh, the Parallel Structures uh, conference, which is great. That's not purely Bitcoin. You will meet people from all walks of life doing things uh, outside of this system, whether that's education, health, money, um, living in um, communities. Uh, it's, um, it's really interesting and, and one worth looking at as well. So, um, November, I think you've got El Salvador, right? Uh, yeah, as, uh, November 7th, yeah. we have Adopting Bitcoin. <laughs> Adopting Bitcoin in El Salvador. Yeah. You should go. Yeah. You should go. I'd love to go. get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so now I, I, if, if anybody's looking to live that nomadic lifestyle and go traveling, um, <laughs> they you should go follow to the, the, the Bitcoin conference scene. Yeah. Uh, and I would recommend don't even buy your tickets, just hang out at the side events and, um, and score those free tickets as you arrive uh, because plebs are plebs and they're going to help you out. Absolutely. Yeah. The, actually, I was talking uh, in my last episode, I was talking with, with DJ Valerie and she also will be playing in there. By the way, you that are going to, to Miami, she's going to play at uh, the Bitcoin conference after party with, mm-hmm. uh, I, I forgot the name of this guy. Uh, with Morgan Page. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to be cool. in the in the after party but um yeah guys you, you should go to to any meetups and 
I, actually, uh, I just met, uh, well, I haven't been there, but I just figured that it's also a meetup here in Barcelona and the guys already invited me to go there. So I want to go maybe this month, I, I could go. And it will be nice if you come um, any any month yeah. here to, to the meetup. Um, yes, yeah, I want for sure. I get, want to li list it, list it on um, Orange Pill app. Let, let's get some Absolutely. more clubs down there. Absolutely, yeah, I will. I'll, I actually will going to tell Matilda too. <laughs> will be <laughs> nice. And uh, okay, so Daniel, I, th I think uh, we will make another episode because if not, we're going to be here for two hours. Thank you no for problem. being. Thank you for for your time. Thank you for being here. It was a real pleasure to to finally meet you. And uh, come to Barcelona anytime. You have uh, a home here. Thank you. Well, and go thank to you. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but thank you for um, for doing what you're doing. Right, the, the, we we need more people. I I, I say this a lot uh, for anybody that's sitting there thinking, how do I add value to the Bitcoin space? How do I give back? Just just start. It doesn't matter. If you if you want to write something, if you want to start a YouTube video, if you want to start a podcast, if you want to sing a song, if you want to dance a dance, just just do you. It doesn't matter what you do. The Bitcoiners, the plebs, they will find you. If you put yourself out there, they will support you. And um, it's all about education. So thank you for stepping up and you know, stepping out of your comfort zone to to put yourself out on YouTube and to to do all of this uh, educational project. Um, is you know well done thank you thanks to you thanks for for your words and uh, yeah i i mean also now that you mentioned that uh i started this because uh i saw that there are not many subdurans doing this and uh but actually uh two weeks ago or last week i don't remember there was another guys that are starting a, a, another podcast and i want to shout out them that i i think they are called uh Salvador podcast uh, let me check because they they text me <laughs> and uh I also want to support them because there's not it's never enough education never no <laughs> it's never enough. and uh, I think it's a really good project in my in old Salvador uh Bitcoin, and, uh, did, Bitcoin and podcast have, El Salvador that's the name Bitcoin podcast El Salvador right okay yeah. that's it and you have me Prima Bitcoin as well right which uh, the guys put together yeah uh, excellent so yeah yeah so the i just want to bring in the podcast i want to bring everybody so you know you natalie as julian but also people that are making a small projects i also interview also people that are, are in south america working with a small community so that, that's the main thing that there's a space for everybody and they're, they're working mm -hmm. with bitcoin i think that's the main thing, right? That that Bitcoin are, is giving you the chance to do the things that probably in the current fiat system you're not able to do because you don't have the money, you don't have the financial financial services, you don't have the education. And Bitcoin mm -hmm. are, are giving that. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's Absolutely, the man. Thank you okay, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks to you. See you next week, guys. Ciao.